Today's episode is presented by Tudor University. It's the only online learning resource for college coaches who want to become dominant recruiters. Visit dantutor.com for all the details. And now, it's time for the show. That's right, it's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, America's recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Hey, Coach. Welcome aboard. It's Dan. Glad that you are with us here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. Going to be a good one today because it covers something that I have heard a lot of college coaches suffering from and dealing with during the pandemic, and that is maintaining a timeline or a deadline when so many things around the whole decision-making experience for the prospect have been altered. And heck, it's the same way for you too. You're situation and process has been drastically altered as well. So what does that mean for timelines and deadlines? And for many of you who have either listened to this podcast or you followed us over at dantutor.com or you're a Honey Badger recruiting subscriber, you know that we are big on deadlines. I feel like it's one of the most important drivers towards building a successful program, no matter what your division level or experience is. So we had a coach that emailed, uh, uh, had a question about this whole process that during the pandemic, uh, she felt like she needed to alter the timelines and deadlines for the recruits that she was going after. So we jumped in and had a conversation and I wanted to share it with you because I think it's going to be really instructive. In fact, a lot of what she says might be some things that you are dealing with in your program. And I think it could help maybe... uh, have you look at things uh, a little bit differently as we continue to go through a very altered recruiting landscape. So that's what we did. Uh, we talked to this coach. We recorded it. I want you to listen to it. It started off with her question about recruiting, the timelines, and how or if it should be adjusted during the pandemic and what their program is trying to do. Uh, my questions are regarding deadlines. Um, deadlines are something that I've pushed in the past and I've set deadlines for kids, um, usually giving them a month to make a decision. But what I'm finding during COVID is they're, they're less ready to make a decision than they have been before. And it's it's the deadline is not pushing them towards Milligan. It's pushing them to make no decision. Um so they end up turning down my offer. Got it. So um, let me go back for a second. Uh, you had traditionally said you, you once you ask them or express that you're interested, uh, then you give them about a month. So walk me through sort of um, what was right in, in your mind about that timeline or why, I guess, why a month? What was the, the thinking there? Um. So a lot of a lot of coaches here especially do about two weeks, but for me, um, two weeks felt very very rushed. Um, whereas I knew I could if I could give them a month, then that that felt less rushed and gives them more time to get the application, get the official academic offer as well from Milligan. Um, so just gave them more time to get their ducks in a row. Um, I knew I wanted a deadline because I didn't want to have kids hanging on forever, but I also knew I didn't want to specifically rush them too much. Got it. And when you are talking to prospects who 
um, you know, during the process are, are, and I'm taking that they're expressing to you that they can't make a decision in that month. And so they end up saying no to your program, yes to someone else. Can you walk through a couple of the things that you're hearing from students during this time that, uh, that maybe are behind why they are, you know, they're not able to make that decision or just, I, I guess, what you're hearing from student athletes that you're talking to and that you're yeah, so, <clears throat> you know, if you'd have told me I'd had this problem, I'd have thought the response would be to ask for more time, but it's not been that. The response has been, um, I don't feel like I can accept your offer um, due to the time restraints. Um, and they've mentioned wanting to go to other ID camps from NCAA schools and things like that, rather than... <clears throat> rather than just asking for an extension, it's just a straight up, no, the, I can't make a decision in this timeline. And, and so what did you used to hear? Go Take me back pre-COVID uh, in your program. What were you hearing from those same caliber and types of prospects as, as they were going through this month-long decision-making process? Um, usually if there was a no, it was because they were going somewhere else already. It was never, it was never because I want to explore other options. It was just usually I'm going somewhere else, but this isn't happening with my high, high caliber players. It's happening with, um, average players. Got it. And so when, when they're going through this and um, you're having to recruit as all, every coach under these kind of extraordinary circumstances. Um, can you compare it to the kids who have uh, committed to your, to your university and, and it's where it's worked? I guess I'm, what I'm wondering is just sort of that, that, uh, that AB comparisons. Are you still getting kids where the school is the right fit, where they do want to take, uh, the commitment. Yeah, I have I have three commitments so far, and they are typically kids who knew what type of school they wanted um, and were sure about what type of school they wanted, and weren't looking at a lot of different options um, over our institution. They were looking at uh, our institution or potentially not playing and going to a, a bigger institution. Got it. One more question going back to before this time and dealing with all of the restrictions and hurdles that COVID has presented. When you had a, a group of prospects, let's just say 10, who asked for more time. In other words, before, during your, your normal recruiting timeline, you would tell them that you're interested. They have a month to decide. That month goes by and you you told me that they said, um, hey, coach, we need some more time. We, we can't make a decision now. We need more time. Whereas now they're just saying, I'm not, I'm not coming. Um, out of, let's just, let's just say you took 10 of those average instances before COVID where they said they needed more time. How many of those kids then actually ended up coming to the school? You gave them more time. They went through the process and they ended up coming to uh, to your university? Um, who have asked for more time, I would say probably about two. So about a two out of 10. Okay. 
Um, so here's the one thing that we've seen uh, as probably the headline for everything that coaches have gone through during this time. And that is that we're seeing prospects make this decision a lot faster. That's the one thing that has surprised coaches and frankly surprised us, uh, especially in the spring of 2020, early summer of 2020, how many prospects were were making decisions uh, very, very quickly. And I think there was, and we've talked about this in different formats before, there was a little bit of panic buying going on. They saw that um, you know, their tournaments, ID camps, club in club things, even their high school seasons, depending on their sport, weren't going to happen. And so they weren't going to get a chance to have other coaches see them and other opportunities present themselves. And so they took the, the best offer they could, the one that was out there. And we saw that happen very, very quickly. I think what you're experiencing is a little bit of that, but sort of on the other side of the coin, that before where they would maybe ask for more time because they liked everything that you were saying, there were some things that they liked about the program, the school, but they were, because they're motivated uh, high school student athletes and prospects, they wanted to see what else was out there. And they felt like they had time and they had probably some sort of idea based on their teammates and friends going through the recruiting process, how much time they had. Uh, and so they went through it and you would still get two out of those 10 at the end uh, on average. I think what you're seeing now is the same thing take place, except that they're condensing the time in a different way. They're making that decision faster in a different way. And they're deciding faster that they're not interested or that this isn't going to be the top choice. Um, so in, in one respect, I would say you're, you're in some ways getting the same answer that you would have before, only faster. But obviously, we don't want to settle for that. We don't want them to – we want to stay in the game longer. So that's really what I want to focus on here. I think that you're, you're seeing, again, the sort of the result of the attitude that's happening right now, which is everything has changed. There's no regular recruiting process for me and my sport. And um, I have all these coaches that are – uh, that I think are out there that might be interested in, in me. I can't get to them or I can't visit their campus. The whole process has been a, um, has been upended and I need to narrow my list just for sanity's sake. I really think that that's part of what's going on with, um, with your prospects. But again, we don't want to settle for that, obviously. You still want those, those prospects. So um, walk me through what you do typically uh, and again, every coach is different, and I'm, you're, it's not what's right or what's wrong. I just really need to understand your process. When you scout a prospect and they are somebody that you feel could benefit the program that you want to go after, what typically do you do through the process before it leads to the point of, of deciding, okay, we want them and we're going to ask for a commitment? Yeah, so if I had... If I've seen a player at a game, a high school game, for example, we'll typically talk to them after the game, let them know that we're interested. We'll also follow up and invite them to campus. Um, the key for me is, can I get them to campus? Um, get them on campus and, you know, I believe our product is a good one. So on campus and they train with the team 
And then typically, if there's someone we still want after that, typically we're making an offer within a week after that. Okay. And as far as sort of telling them about the, the university, your program, what, what background are they coming in with, uh, you know, with all that as, they, as they're getting asked to commit? So some of them, none at all. Our, our biggest recruit who um, committed to us, she had never heard of the school. She looked at the price tag and said, I can't afford this. And then just a handwritten letter made her come and visit. Um, when she came and, and visited, she fell in love with the place and, um, you know, we we were able to meet her needs financially as well. So some of them, especially if they're not local players, have no background at all. And then another one who's committed lives right here in our area. So she knew about, about our institution and about... Um, the kind of things we had to offer. Once I had her trained with the team, she knew this was where she wanted to be. Got it. Okay, and, and you're going to have certainly those, some of those um, kind of random times or random things that happen where um, a prospect will feel like this just feels right and I'm going to, you know, th this is where I belong. And, you know, a lot of times that connection with the team uh, traditionally has been one of those areas where there's a huge opportunity for a coach to make that 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 special moment happen, and that's why we advise. Uh, and it sounds like you're you're doing it a lot of time um, with the team, a lot of time with some of the people they'll be uh, playing with and going to school. <clears throat> yeah. So here we are now. I'm fast forwarding back to present day. One of the things that is the challenge is there is even more uh, of a lack of information available to the typical prospect. So. You know, normally um, you'd be maybe looking uh, looking at them where they would see you in the stands or on the sidelines of a game, um, watching them uh, watching them play. It might be easier to get on campus for an unofficial visit. There's all these things that used to happen, and hopefully will happen again soon. But that used to happen that built sort of that relationship and built the the knowledge base of really sort of understanding why I should commit to that school if I'm a prospect. And so much of that has been taken away, um, depending on division level, depending on sport and just how recruiting goes in each sport. That's the, the other thing that coaches have really been talking to us about nationally is how hard it is for them to accurately uh, and, and, you know, just accurately assess the talent level of a prospect and do that in the time frame that they're used to. And I think it works the other way for the prospect as well. They have a limited time. So the first sort of recommendation that I would make is there needs to be, and, I, and again, you may be doing this and I missed it in the explanation, but there needs to be a consistent flow of information, letters, emails, conversations that happen leading up to that that commitment uh, point or even asking for the commitment as to it going to sort of answering these these two key questions that we feel prospects everywhere are trying to understand and answer for themselves during the process. And they've told us they are trying to answer this. And those two things are, why is it, what are the reasons I should uh, 
latch on to to choose your school. Why should I pick you, coach, and your and your school and your program? That's number one. And number two, explain to me how you are better than all my other potential choices. That doesn't mean you negative recruit against those other schools, but it does mean that you have to make the case as, you know, in generally, you're going to look at a lot of other schools. Here's where our university uh, is going to be really hard to beat and then make that case. Um, So I didn't, I didn't hear a lot of that going on. And I think, again, like there are so many things depending on sport and division level and the time period of, of recruiting that happens that will allow you to do that or it'll be tough to do that. Uh, I, I think what, you know, one of the key things as you've been describing it that I would say is going to be tough for a student athlete to do what you're asking them to do is if I haven't had a, if I haven't had a chance to really understand the why behind your program, you as a coach, your staff, your school, your university, that's tough. And then, Obviously, you know, dealing with any deadline, if I don't have any of that context, it's it's hard. And the easiest thing for me to do is to say, well, if I'm not getting that information, if I don't understand why, um, then it's harder to, to meet that deadline. Now, in every sport, your sport included, Coach, there are those programs around the country, or maybe some even in your conference, where there's such a, a reputation, there is such a... Um, there's enough buzz around it where maybe in a condensed time frame, I don't need as much information. I'm going to go with what I know. And what I know is that that's a program everybody should want to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's not you, if that's not for a coach that's listening to this, if that's not uh, their program, how do we replace that? How do we, how do we figure out uh, and cement in the mind of a prospect that that their program is a destination. It's not just the, the third or fourth choice, but this should be where I would want to go. The only thing that we have discovered works with athletes is that consistent flow of information where a coach is making the case, and not just from their sports standpoint, but academically, the social life on campus, you know, the degree, the network, the just everything related to the college experience. If a coach isn't making that case consistently over a, a fairly uh, good period of time, then it's going to be really tough for that uh, that athlete to to make that kind of a decision. So I kind of I feel like I threw a lot at you and I rambled a little bit and went down no, some no, rabbit no, holes. Um, so and do you so, think that so, communication needs to happen best in in my situation because we put the offer down so quickly? between the offer and the deadline or all throughout? I think it's throughout. I think that, and that's a great follow-up question. The The thing that I would, uh, if you said, Dan, what should I do? Here's what I'm, I'm going to tell you. I would say from the moment you put them on your list, so you saw them at that, uh, you know, at an ID camp, at a tournament, at you know their high school game, wherever it is, and you've decided I like what I've seen so far, they're on the list. At that point, uh, and and I'm part of the advice I'm going to give is what I've seen other coaches do, and it has worked very well, and so that's why I'm recommending it. I would start the communication process immediately 
talking about everything that I just talked about, the, you know, the program, the school, the, um, uh, you know, what the degree is going to mean to them, how we're going to plug them into post-college opportunities, what they're going to love about living in the dorms, all these things that encompass the campus experience. But I want to do that not in one or two or three huge messages that have a bunch of bullet points on them. I want to break them out small topic focuses, topic focused messages that allow them to read it and absorb it and understand it and maybe interact with you on it. Um, that's why we recommend that that messaging happen every six to nine days. That's what the athletes actually have recommended for well over a decade, every time we measure it. That's the time frame that seems right because I don't want to be overwhelmed by a coach telling me things uh, in that form, again, by letter or email, but I want time to read it, absorb it, and then I can talk to the coach about it or ask questions, especially if at the end of that message, a coach said something like, hey, let me know how this sounds to you. Does this sound like a good fit, what you're looking for? And I then, as the prospect, can interact with you on it, ask questions, push back a little bit, maybe voice an objection or express a worry or something that you get the opportunity to answer. And then about the time that conversation dies down, here's you as a coach giving me something else about the school. And that goes again towards this whole thing about why should I commit to that university, to that program, to that coach. Uh, that's constantly what's going through their mind. And what we've heard a lot of athletes say is that coaches are really good when I mean, they're recruiting me. I know that they want me. They're very good at telling me that they want me. But very few coaches explain why I should want them and why I should commit to them. So, again, I'm framing all this going back to your original question about dealing with the deadline and you're hearing more kids say, I'm just not interested. Don't even need more time, coach. I'm just, if you're going to require I make that decision in that time frame, I can't do it. I think this could be part of that solution that at the very start, begin that process of telling them, even before you're ready to say, that's a kid that we definitely want. Because again, when you're scouting them, they're just on the list. They're good enough. It's a possibility. But you have your process of evaluation. During that process of evaluation, they should be understanding why they should want your program and want that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Whether you give it or not is is up to you at a later, at a later time. But we can't wait until you're ready to then begin getting them ready. They need to be ready actually before that. And then you get to, you know, decide which ones you're going to sort of take that final, that final process through. So does that, I'll stop there. Does that part of what I'm suggesting make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. It does. And, you know, I think I do, especially between once I've got them on campus, I think I lack giving them information after that. And I need to keep giving information after that. Right. And and you bring up a, a great point, Coach, that one of the things kids have told us uh, as we've done a lot of research and measurement on how they react to campus visits, uh, one of the things that we found out is that they, after the campus visit, if we go back and test them a week later on what they heard, what they saw, just some of the facts about the campus, because, you know, campus visits, you, you receive as a prospect so many facts and you're inundated with with you know, all of this information and your observations, they only remember about 15% of what they're told or what they saw on campus. Why? Because they're not 
they're not there to take in information necessarily. They're there to get a feeling. The, the yeah, same thing that works for you when they come to campus in a regular time. It just felt right. I was around the team. Um, they're doing that with every campus visit. So they're really trying to assess feelings rather than take in and remember information. So so your point is is absolutely correct. Even after, certainly before, but even after they visit campus, I have to consistently communicate with them every six to nine days, telling them about various aspects of the school, not just the sports side, but all the different aspects and make the case that this is the place that you should want to experience. Now, they get to make the ultimate decision if they believe you or not, or if that does sound like the right fit. But if we don't make that case, then it's it's very hard. And going back to your original question, the easiest thing for me to do then as a prospect is just to, you know, pull the ripcord and get out. And, you know, I, okay, it's, it's done. You've given me the excuse I needed, Coach, because I wasn't really feeling or understanding maybe what the program is all about and why I should go there. And so this just made it um, uh, a little bit a little bit easier. Now, the other thing that, uh, that I think has to happen, and I'm gonna go back to, again, the whole idea of setting out a timeline and a deadline. Um, because from the moment you ask, you have traditionally been giving them about a month or so to make that decision. Yeah. I would say that what we've seen work better and what coaches have begun to implement and it has paid off is from the time you first talk to them. And let's just say you're you're recruiting a junior right now uh, that um, somehow during this time you found out about and you've decided you want to put that prospect on your on your list. Uh, and here we are in you know about to start November of, of 2020, so the fall of 2020. And uh, that prospect is a 2022. She's a junior. I would tell that that prospect, look, uh, here we are in the fall of your of your junior year. Um, I just want you to know there's no pressure. We're going to let you go through the process. We're going to give you lots of time. We are probably not going to be wrapping up our decision until I'm going to randomly say April of you know, mid to late April of 21 before you know before your um, the summer of your senior year. That's when we need your commitment. Um, now, it could be, I, I'm again, completely random timeline dates. For you, it could be different. Uh, for a coach listening, it could be different. But what we've done is we've set out the beginning of the process. We said, here's the start. But then we have, and this is really important, we have given them a view of when the end is. So if mm-hmm. I know as a junior that it's mid to late April of my, before at the end of my junior year, so I basically right now have six or seven months to go through the process if we were timing it out like that. Um, the thing I want to do as a coach is confirm that that's going to work for them. So um, so if I'm the coach, uh, you know, hey, Sarah, does that does that sound like a time frame that you could make your decision in if we gave you that much time? But you know, that's generally the, when we'd be wrapping up recruiting is mid to late April. Is that going to work for you? I want to hear her say or him say, "Yeah, coach, that's going to work. Uh, I think that's that's fair. I can get my my campus visits in. Yeah, that's good." I need to know when the end of the process is before I get asked. Now, the end of the process isn't the point where you necessarily ask them to commit. The end of the process is the latest point in your timeline that you've established that they could tell you yes. So you could ask them next week. And they might say, Coach, not yet. I haven't done all my visits. No problem. You still have five and a half, six months to go. 
I just wanted to let you know we're ready. So the timeline needs to be told to them, I feel, and what I've seen work best, right at the start so that they understand there isn't some unrealistic expectation on them. And can you adjust it by person or by um, by position or need for that recruiting class? Absolutely. That's up to you. Or some coaches just have a flat timeline where they say that's this is when everyone's decision is going to come in. And what I can tell you is that when they do that, and it surprises them, whether it's a, a large Division One school or a small Division Three or NAIA program and everybody in between, when they express at the beginning, here's the start, but here's when we're going to end, that they get everybody they want and all the decisions come in before that deadline, before yeah. they that express deadline. What happens sometimes then year after year is the coach then starts backing it up. They get, they reduce the amount of time that they give prospects because what they figured out is that it's not a perfect amount of time. There is no ideal timeline. It's really just a matter of telling them when it's when we need the decision, and they'll respond to that uh, to that decision. So again, the whole idea of expressing the timeline ahead of the process or at the very start and giving them a far distant endpoint, but but again, explaining when that endpoint is, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely it does. Um, and another thing that I've tried is, this is recently because I was getting frustrated with the nose, is when the, when the player visited campus, um, and I said, okay, I, I want to be in touch next week with an offer. You tell me what you think a fair deadline is. What are your thoughts on that? Um, so you're asking them what, what would work for them in terms of a decision timeline? Yeah, and I say what, what is fair for both of us. What, what, what do you think works for both of us? And we've discussed it. Okay, so I would, in what I just explained about how I see it working for coaches, about you saying – Look, and I'm, again, I use the mid to late April of 2021 as the as the suggested, you know, the example point. After you state that, I think that goes to so is that is that enough time? Is that going to work for you? If if that prospect said, ah, coach, I don't know if I can do it by then. The follow up, which is maybe where you're going, so I would say you're starting with the follow up instead of the original question. But I think the next follow the next follow up question you would want to have is. All right, so walk me through what would work for you. What are you seeing as as your timeline and the process you're going to go through? They might say, well, coach, I really want to play um, over the summer. I, so I was sort of thinking I would be able to decide in, you know, maybe by the end of September of my senior year. Again, just throwing out random dates as examples. The, the thing then that you have to do as a coach is say, is that fair? And can I do that? Um and if it is, then you can say, okay, you know what? I, I, could, I could do that. I'm going to you know, write that down and, and hold a spot for you. Even if we're, even if we're basically done with everybody else, um, you're, we'll hold a spot and, and we'll, uh, we'll figure this out um, by the end of, of September. So you can do that. Um, I, what your pro, the the worry that I have there, and what happens so many times, and maybe you've experienced this, is the end of September comes, or whatever they've expressed as the end of their their deadline, uh, and what what they think is fair for everyone, they've expressed that to you, 
And whatever that time point is, it comes along. And so many times coaches here, coach, I thought I was going to be able to decide, but I just have two more schools I want to visit. So I need another couple of months. And that's when it gets maddening. <laughs> that's that's when yeah. now they control the process because you've already you've already been flexible once. So why wouldn't you be flexible another time? And at some point, there has to be really the, the the process has to has to end, and they have to either decide to commit to you and come to the university and play for you, or you have to move on. And I think that's part of the power of doing it this way and again all along the way you're making the case why they should go there so they're they're seeing that from you and they're not seeing that come from other coaches so part of this time period that we want to communicate with them is proving that we want them more that we're giving them better information than everybody else and using that to kind of turn turn them if you've done that if let's say you've maintained that every six to nine day um uh, communication timeline. They've been to campus. Maybe you've watched them again. You've done a home visit. There's all these points and things that, that might happen during the recruiting process. If you've done all those and they get to that point that was fair, again, they agreed that the mid to late April of their junior year was fair. And they then say, I'm still not ready to commit. My question to coaches, my question to you would be, what more could we do? What more could we show them about our school that would get them to want to be here? And usually, if you've done all that, the answer is nothing. They know everything. We've probably done the best job of any coach of explaining why they should come here. Um, but there's always somebody better. There's always a bigger school. There's always another school. There's always one that might offer more money. There's all of the, the what-ifs that run through the prospect mind. <coughs> where coaches have to decide, I feel, what they're going to do, it's going to hinge on, do I give them more time and let them keep exploring, which means that I really don't have a deadline and they're going to keep going and going and going, or am I prepared to walk away from that prospect? What I have seen over the years, it's best to walk away because I think it strengthens your program in the view of, of certainly that prospect as well as the high school club, travel ball, whatever the you know the extending network is, they see that you're not going to wait around and be a backup choice anymore. And yeah. and also, you're going to get the same answer on your deadline that you probably will get um, later on. And you know, so if you had told me that by giving them um, that month and and giving them more time, and you were getting nine out of 10 of your prospects or seven out of 10 of your prospects to respond positively to that and end up coming, then my response would be, coach, then you keep doing what you're doing. Um, I'm not going to mess with that. That's an, you know, that's a solid, um, solid timeline, even, even half, even five out of 10 that would respond uh, and, and do it that way. Great. But when you're two out of 10 or zero out of 10 or one out of 10, that's not the way you build a healthy program and an ongoing successful program. I really think that it comes down to finding that that prospect that matches what you're telling them about and giving them a fair but firm deadline. And then if they aren't ready, politely moving on. And even though they could have been great and 
started as a freshman, if they aren't going to come here, my worry is always what happens right below them on that depth chart. So you're recruiting at a certain position and uh, she or he is number one on, on a prospect list. What happens as you're waiting and giving them more time? I'm always concerned with prospects number two, three, four, and five on that prospect list because they're seeing that there's a delay. They're more apt to go to another school. Number one eventually says no, and then we're left with the number six or seven or eight prospect on that depth chart for that position. And that's what, as we've sort of unearthed and studied what how do good programs get built, that's one of the things that um, that influences that direction, which is the prospect is in control of the process or the coach is. The coach walks away or they wait for the prospect to walk away. So again, just more to think about, but philosophically, um, that might be something that you'd look at in the future to to kind of determine just the direction that you go with that uh, with that yeah. deadline. Yeah, for sure. And and the other thing I would say is I don't think that you have to change the end result a lot because you probably have kids committing all around the same time. If they're going to come to your, to your university, there's probably a, you know, a general time of year or general time during their high school career that they end up committing. So if that was the, the deadline, if that was the, the timeline that you expressed and, uh, you know, around that range is, um, is where you needed them to make a decision, you're not really changing anything, but what you're doing is ahead of time, six months or a year or a year and a half ahead of time, you're telling them we're going to be wrapping up recruiting by, you know, around X, whatever that date range is. And that's when we're going to need a decision. Does that sound fair to you? If they say yes, now you have something to always remind them of. So as you go through the process, now you can say, hey, great talking to you or great seeing you play again. Um, you still have lots of time. Uh, we're not going to, we're still looking like we're not going to be done until X. So you still have five and a half months or you still have three months or 12 months or whatever it is. You can basically count it down on the way to making a decision. And so if they're surprised by the decision or they say, coach, I thought I was gonna be ready. I need more time for me. And what I've seen, if you're counting it down and reminding them, they've agreed that it's fair you communicate with communicated everything about your university, the program, social life on campus, the degree, every six to nine days over that whole span. And they get to that point and they're still not ready to commit. The vast majority are not coming to your school. They don't want to tell you no because, you know, we haven't trained this generation to, you know, not have something, not have an option. And, mm -hmm. and um, so they don't, of course, they don't want to say no. Because if the other six schools said, no, I would love to come and play for you. Well, I can't, I can't build a program like that. So that's where, again, we've seen coaches take control of this process. And I would say, even during this time, what's incredible to me is that we have clients and coaches that we've talked to or workshops that we've done while the pandemic has gone on. They've implemented this or stuck to it. And what they found is that their recruiting classes are happening even sooner now because, again, they're in control and they're driving the process and not the prospect. So it even works in this kind of adjusted um, adjusted landscape of college athletics. Uh, they can't, I was just on a campus the other day and they said, 
we had a couple of coaches say, yeah, I feel sort of guilty or feel like I can't um, have them make a decision because even though they visited our campus, they have other campuses that they want to visit that aren't open. And on the surface, that's a legitimate concern. That being said, when when I look at the landscape, everybody's everybody's working with less than. In other words, every coach out there has less visits to have happen, uh, more hurdles in front of them. It's just a, not an easy time to recruit. So everybody is is kind of faced with the same challenge and the same deficits and the same limitations. And the prospects have that as well. Um, I don't want to be the coach that gives in to that, that limitation to the extent then that it hurts me, knowing that everybody else is dealing with the same limitation. So I would say stick to your guns. Um, whatever deadline you've expressed, um, and, and you, you're going to hear, but coach, I really want to visit other campuses. My response as a coach would be, I wish I could let you do that. I wish that this could just go on and on. Um, but we have other kids that are going to be here. I don't over recruit. I want, I, I want the kids that I want and you're one of them. So, so if you're not ready, that's okay. But that then what you're telling me is you don't want to play for us here at our university. Well, no, coach, I don't, I'm not saying that. It's just that I, I want to see what else is out there. I know, but we don't have more time. And kids are coming and they're, they're, they want the positions that we have available. Mm-hmm. That If they're still prepared to walk away after that, then I would say that prospect was never going to come and play for the school. They don't want to take anybody off the list, but they don't want to play for that school. And that's maybe the larger thing that anybody listening to this and you too should understand is that you know, we're talking about your situation. They're dealing with other situations at other campuses as well. And so I just, I, I go back to this idea that for coaches, it has to be your timeline that you've defined that's right for you. You get to control it and let the prospect react to it. Because we can't change, we can't control uh, what they're going to say when it's time to make a decision, but we can control as coaches when the decision comes and that's what builds healthy programs right right agreed so any other follow-up questions or does a sort of resetting that uh based on the original question does does that sort of make sense as as far as a a strategy that maybe you could put together and use yeah absolutely it does it's really helpful and that's how we wrapped up that conversation so coach does that change any kind of perspective for you? Could it change the strategy that you're implementing when it comes to maneuvering timelines and deadlines during the pandemic? I hope so, because every bit of advice that we gave this coach is what we see working across the college spectrum. Uh, a lot of our work involves working one-on-one with clients, individual programs to help them not only maneuver through this process, but also operate within normal times, and it centers around messaging and creating good timelines. And so everything that we recommended in that conversation is what we recommend to our clients. And we put that to work in a strategy. So I think you can trust it. And by the way, if you've never looked into having us help you with that, it's less expensive than you may think it is. And it's way effective in terms of getting the prospects you want to commit. So you can email me, dan at dantutor.com or go over to the dantutor.com website. Just look under the recruiting tab and get more information on how we 
work with college coaches because it's important. And we have a, a really fantastic history of success. And it's just, for us, really fun to be able to come alongside coaching staffs and help them be better at this part of their career. That's going to do it for today, Coach. We really appreciate you listening. Make sure you are telling other coaches in your department, on your team, about the podcast. We always want new listeners because it creates a more vibrant community. And uh, we're glad that you're listening, though. And we hope that you're doing well. Hang in there. We'll continue to give you good information as we go through this whole pandemic and hopefully come out the other side stronger and better and with a stronger and better program as well. That's the goal. So, Coach, that's going to do it. We appreciate you listening, and we thank you for being a part of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. The College Recruiting Weekly Podcast is a production of Tudor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2016 through 2020. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or stream us on Stitcher, and make sure to tell the coaches in your department about the show. Email the host at dan at dantutor.com and visit the website to access more of the free resources we give to the college coaching community. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.